Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Deep Thoughts, Simple Truths. I'm your host, Matt. Glad to see you. Glad to hear from you. Hi, welcome. Come on in. Have a seat. Have a seat. Uh, so previous episode, who, um, how many of you guys listened to it? Raise your hand. I see those hands. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Seriously. Last episode, we went through, oh man, I've been reading this book. I finished. And we went through these uh, questions that we're asking people. And I, I got a chance to do this with my foreman. And I went through the questions that we asked him. Um, would you consider yourself a good person? Well, yeah. Okay, have you, according to God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, have you lied? Have you cheated? Have you stole? Were you these types of things? Oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But there's no, you can't justify any of it. Uh, you would, no, you can't justify any of that. It doesn't matter how big or small it was. Like, well, how much sin is too much sin? Um, how many times do you have to lie for you to be a liar? Once. Um, and if you were to be judged by God in the final judgment day by these Ten Commandments, would you be found guilty or innocent? Oh, well, yeah, I'd, I'd be guilty. I know for me, I'm going to answer them as if I'm, I'm going through these motions. I would be guilty. Um, it doesn't matter how big or small it was. I'd be guilty. And then where would I go after that? I, I would be deserving of hell. I mean, that's the long and short of it that we went through. And I left on a very kind of serious note, like, man, the, the weight of that kind of hits you because you realize that nobody's, you know, we could all agree no one is, is perfect. So this episode, we're, we're looking at what happens after that. Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you guys, <laughs> like we're, we're all messed up people. And we think that, I mean, we're capable of doing good things, but in God's eyes, we're not. Um, some verses that come to mind are, you know, I, we wouldn't know what sin was apart from the law. This, the God's moral law is, is true. Like we know it in and of ourselves. We can't argue against it. It's like we broke the law. We were speeding. We got caught by the police officer. He wrote us a ticket. I'll see you in court. We get to court and we can come up with all the kinds of stories that we want to about why we were speeding and the judge should let us off and we're good person, you know, we're good people and we just did it the one time and we're really sorry we won't do it again and all the stuff. But the judge has to execute justice for justice to be served. He would be an unjust judge if we were to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. You're, you're, my, you're related to me somehow, or I'm feeling good today, or it really wasn't that bad. You, you said you were sorry. I'll, I'll just let you, off, let you off the hook just this once. No, a, a good judge would see the evidence and convict <laughs> the guilty and have a punishment or a fine or a, something like that because that's the law that's what the law does to us it shows us our faults and our shortcomings for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god nobody's perfect except for jesus so we left on that note jesus and then this is this is the best part okay so like you there's this analogy that i read in the book also that was most impactful. Uh, there's a patient and he goes to the doctor and he, you know, sits down, the doctor walks in and he takes one look at him like, oh, oh my gosh. Uh, you, I can tell from right where you're sitting that you have a terminal illness. 
you have these spots on your arms, your eyes are bloodshot, you're shaking, you're, uh, you know, all the things, these are your symptoms. You've got two weeks left to live. And he's been going through all, yeah, these symptoms of like, oh, oh my gosh, like I've, I've seen, I've seen this before. And the patient's like, oh, oh my gosh, really? Are you, whoa, are you kidding me? I didn't know that. It's coming from a doctor, so it's legit, you know? And the patient feels the weight of, oh my gosh, I have a terminal illness. The doctor knows all these things. He's telling me all these things. And, you know, the, the doctor's been going on about it. Like, well, okay, doc, like, well, what can we do? Like, what's the fix? What's the cure? What, what do I need help. You, you've told me all these things and I have them and I, it registers with me. Well, what do I do? And the doctor's like, oh yeah, I got a cure. It's a little shot in the arm. Well, okay, like, bring it on. Do, do you have it on you? Like, where is it? Can I have that so I don't have to die? <laughs> like, please, oh, please. And that's what the law does to us. It shows us our, our failure to <laughs> adhere to God's moral law. And we're, what do we do? When Peter was preaching the day of Pentecost, he's going back to Old Testament, and the law comes up over and over. And at the end of it, the people that were listening were like, well, oh my gosh, what do we do? Like, what's the, why, what's the fix for all this? And he says, repent and believe in the Lord Jesus and you and your household will be saved. That's where the sinner should come to a place of, oh my gosh, what do I do? This is horrible news. I'm destined for hell. God wouldn't send me to hell, but based on your actions, he's not unjust and he's not sending you there. You've broken the law. You know, you break the law, you get a ticket. You, you murder someone, you, you go to prison. I mean, it's, that's what we have <laughs> in our system today. And that's where you get to lead into how good God is. That's where you get to talk about things like grace. God is such a merciful and kind God that he sent Jesus in your place. You're standing there. You've been convicted, finding you've been convicted as guilty. And you have this fine that you have to pay, but you can't pay it. It's like 50 bajillion dollars. Who's got that kind of money? But then I come over and I'm, I'm telling you about this. Hey, guess what? Good news. That 15 bajillion dollar fine that you just heard you had sentenced. Uh, someone got it out in the hall. You don't, you haven't met him, but he's, he's paid for your fine. You're free to go. You'd be so thankful. You'd be like, Oh my God, who I, I, I got to shake his hand. That's he did me such a favor and he doesn't even know me. And that's what the gospel is. We've begun to preach that part of the gospel first without giving context to any of the things that the person has gone through and their failure to obey God's law. Here's a couple verses. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And another one that's just like it. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of our own doing. It is the gift of God. Jesus came and he died on the cross in your place. And he took the fine for you. He took the hit for you. So you didn't have to. He, he offers the cure. He, he is the way back to God. God loved the world. He gave his son 
that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. You get to make it to heaven. You get to know God. He loves you. He does have a plan for you. It's by grace that you've been saved. Romans talks about how to do it. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a sure thing. You put your faith and your trust, your confidence, you're believing in that cure that that will do the trick in your body that you won't die. It's not so much just about living and then making it to heaven either. That life that God promises and offers you is available right now. You can start living in close relationship with God again. You're brought near to him. When Jesus died on the cross, there was this curtain that was in the temple, and it's this thick veil, six inches, huge type of a veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the inner court. The Holy of Holies is where the priests would offer prayers on the behalf of the nation to God, the closest that you could get to God, Old Testament style. Jesus dies on the cross, that curtain rips in half. You can now access God himself. What an amazing thought that is. If I have a gift for you, I took the time, everybody, I took the time to wrap gifts for you and I have your name on them and I'm going to give them to you and I'm holding it in my hand and I'm offering it to you. How do you get it? Yes, that's right. You have to reach out and take it and now it's in your possession. You can open it I hope you like what I got you. (laughs) And that's as easy as it is almost. Not to minimize the cost, but it's a gift. It's the gift of God. It's by grace that you have been saved. We need to preach a message that is 90% law and 10% grace because they will get to the point where they did like at the day of Pentecost. What must we do? Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And I thought that was an amazing way to tell about the good news. Like I was getting excited about it. I've been a Christian my whole life and I've heard ways of evangelism and you're going out and you're, you are preaching a message, of course, of God loves you and he died for you and all of that is right. But without viewing it through the law, without diagnosing people as being Uh, lawbreakers and sinners, you can't convince them that they need a cure. Like there's no God-shaped hole in your heart. There's no like, he he wants to know you and be involved and all of that. It's as much as getting to the root of the thing of you've you've messed up. And because of that, (laughs) it's not turning out really well. Sorry. But there's a way where you can escape There's a way where you can not have to pay the fine, not have to go to jail, not be separated from God forever. He he made you and he loves you and he he wants you back. I read this story one time and I thought it was was pretty good. This boy built his own rain gutter regatta sailboat 
had a really big, nice white sail, had a great body with a hole, and he painted it and decorated it, and he was so proud of it. Man, that this was like his most beautiful possession, work of art, everything. He took it out on whatever kind of body of water we want to use here, a pond, and he was it was windy, and he was enjoying that boat. And he had it on a string so it could go out there and stuff, and it just it got entangled, and it was out of his hands he, he couldn't get it it started to float away and he was so sad oh my gosh his most and he's you know eight years old thinking my boat oh no what's gonna happen so he loses his boat that's a sad day sorry sorry kid he's out walking the next day in town and he walked by the window of the thrift store and he could not believe his eyes he did a double take he did a triple take what is behind the window in the thrift? His boat. Can you believe it? He could not believe it. He ran in. <laughs> hey, mister, that's my boat in the window. No, that's not your boat. I, I'm going to, I'm selling it. That's my boat. I'm Look, I made it. I, that's my boat. I, I want it back. I, can I have it? Nope. That's my boat. Uh, you have to buy it. Okay. So the boy leaves and he's like, I got to buy my, okay. And he worked some chores. He mowed lawns. He washed cars. He did all the things. He got enough money. He got his dollar's worth. He came, he rushed back to the store. Here's my money. Take my money. I need my boat. Can I have my boat, please? Here's your dollar. It's a dollar, right? Yeah, it's a dollar. And he gets his boat back. And on the outside, he is thrilled to have his boat back. And he says, you're mine because I made you and because I bought you back. And I thought that was an amazing story of God's love for us. He made us in his image and we got away from him. Sin um, created this chasm and barrier and we were separated from God, from all the things that he had for us until Jesus came. He paid the price. He redeemed us. He bought us back and he restored us into fellowship and into intimacy with him again. I love that picture. I love that story because it says so much about who God is and that he cares. He doesn't want any man to perish, but that they come into a knowledge of the truth and that they're saved, and that their lives are better and well and healthy and great like he had intended it. You guys, I hope this message has encouraged you. Once you've been <laughs> diagnosed with a terminal illness, and then you have the cure given to you, you are so thankful. You're going to be telling a story like, guys, I was, I was two weeks away from death and oh my gosh, went to the doctor and he gave me a cure and it totally worked. Wait, wait, you've got the same condition. I see your bloodshot eyes. I see you shaking. I see all these things. Wait, wait, hold on. There's a cure. There's a way out. There's a way that your life can be better. And that's the kind of message that we need to be preaching. Guys, it's been my privilege and my honor. And we ended on a high note, on a good note. Yes, God saves the day. And when we trust him, when we believe in him, it's a lifelong thing. It works. Your life is better, not without some hardship and some things. But through all of that, we get to know God better. You guys, until next time. This is Matt with Deep Thoughts, Simple Truths. Stay well.